0: Seven FM Arizona's
1: sports station. Twenty-three years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. One of those guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar appeal to coming to work. He's gonna outwork you every single play. Fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo
0: Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander! Yeah,
2: Lorenzo Alexander is here. It is the lowdown for the next hour on this Thursday morning and uh I got a lot of lot of football to get into here. We're getting some of the sun stuff with Zo too. But uh but so how's it going, man?
3: It's going great. I'm real good. Uh, went to the Bills game last week in LA. Uh, saw that massacre. It was great. Uh, <laughs> just going to LA and dominating all the Bills fans come out then went out to Vegas with my wife and another a couple of friend and saw Usher's uh concert live Ooh. and then saw the UFC fight which was really cool. And then today I'm reckon, you know, just rocking a little bit of th- back Thursday got my high school hat on and and ride my Mustang today so it's, it's just great to be alive you know I'm enjoying life and doing well um and like me and Wolf was just talking, you know, the game tonight, you know. Yes. Oh, man, The Chargers I'm Chiefs, off. I'm kind of excited. I forgot that the game was tonight. And, and talking about, you know, I, both these teams, obviously we saw last week with the Cardinals. Uh, but even breaking down the Raiders who played the Chargers last week, it was hard to keep my eyes on the Raiders. I'm like watching them, you know, to kind of prep for the show. But my eyes keep gravitating back to the Chargers because they're really good. Yeah. And just get me more excited for this game tonight. So uh, all in all, doing well. And glad to be in here with you guys
2: yeah it is interesting that this game tonight like you like Zo just said it's kind of the it's kind of the other half of Cardinals Raiders right because I mean all these four teams played each other last week yeah, and now they're they're splitting right. up and, and playing again in a different way this week um Zoe, we we got to ask you about Isaiah Simmons in particular it feels like the green dot conversation it's almost like a hot potato this year with this team yeah uh but green dot you can you can mix this in if you want but uh, green dot aside what um what did you see from Isaiah even compared to last year I thought he looked better last year? I mean, there's one game. I, I think he'll be fine.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of things probably end up working against him. You know, when I and I don't know Isaiah personally, but when I see him, he seems like he's a, a very confident guy, high energy guy, you know, wants to get in your face. And this game, much like that 49er game his rookie year, when it rains, it pours and he never could catch back up. So it felt, he, it, when I watched him, he never felt like he was uh, not sure of where he needed to be. But when the ball snapped, he just seemed like the game was faster than, than what was going on. Right? So in his mind, I, it felt like his game was all over the place. You know, his leverage was bad, being really aggressive. And this was something that I've always said that he, he needs to work on because he's so athletic. You need to slow down a little bit. Just slow down. You're more athletic than these tight ends that you're guarding and all this. And you, you, you almost run yourself out of plays and position, especially in coverages, because he's being... Too quick. Too fast. Slow down a little bit. Let the guy make his move and then be like a cat and react to him, and he'll be much better. But, uh, you know, his first game, it steamrolled on him a little bit, um, but I think he'll be fine once they bounce back and, and get some film. That's another thing, right? And the more and more I was watching this game, like, man, the Cardinals play bad. But then I just thought, man, I said, man, Andy Reid has done this to me a whole bunch of times. <laughs> man, Andy Reid, man, his schemes, the 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 jet motions, the, the screen games. The, how many how many different ways can a coach come up and run the shovel pass? I mean, it was another way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, here's another way to run the shovel pass?
4: Andy knows. <laughs> <laughs> just, so and of course communication too was so critical especially yeah, against that team communication right. and that seemed to be a problem All on of the that. defensive side of the yeah, ball
3: yeah and then it was some breakdowns just schematically um, on the back end I mean it was just a lot of things that ended up hurting them at the end of the day and I know people was talking about them blitzing a lot but you know sometimes you want to be aggressive but a lot of stuff was like simulated blitzes like the linebackers yeah. were going but the defensive ends were dropping out there, so they really was only sending four yeah. they we're trying to find different ways, or five, trying or to five. find different ways to speed H- M- M- Mahomes up to get the ball out of his hands or take advantage of all right, are, the protection.
4: Are you going to say that five is a blitz? Are you going to call no, a five a, a blitz? Pressure. It's a pressure. It's a pressure. It's a pressure. It's it's a pressure. six.
2: Six. That is yeah. a
4: blitz. Six or more, of course.
2: It, that in that in is a blitz. To me, I didn't say they were blitzing that much, Okay, but
3: pro football focus has counted all Yeah, they counted all as blitzes, blitz. Even when bring four. I think when they see a linebacker right. go, they count that as a blitz, really?
4: but it's not. It's not a blitz right there. Listen, if you're going to bring four to a side and have the nose tackle loop around to keep contain or something like right. that, you see some of these zone blitzes. Yeah, yeah. You're going to bleed four to a side? I-, I might call that a blitz. If you're flooding okay, one I'm just side, side with, saying, with four guys. I'm okay, just yeah. saying. Okay, so let's get that clear. Also, <laughs> in fairness
2: to Vance Joseph, I, I mean, do people look at that and say he brought too much pressure if he had gone the other way, they would have won the game? I don't think Vance Joseph really, he was in a, a lose-lose situation.
3: Yeah, you have you to, you can't be soft and just let... Pat sit back there either. I mean, because that's even worse. At least when you bring some simulated pressure, Pat may say, oh, here they come with a blitz even though it's simulated. Let me get the ball out, check it down, and then your defense got to run to the ball and tackle, right? Yeah. And so they gave up some big plays um, on some of like a three or four-yard pass. You know, you break contain or you don't have your leverage, and it becomes this big explosion play. But was that the blitz that was called or was that a lack of, you know, hustle or right. bad angle or bad tackling. tackling? Yeah.
4: Right? So talk to me about Zayvon Collins and what you saw from Zayvon Collins.
3: I thought Zayvon did better. I was actually he was in his right spot where he needed to be. I'm gonna always be a stickler of, of hands and some other stuff being violent when yes. you get there. But he made some plays, and so I for me, saw him a couple I'm yeah. Of times shoot the hands. I did see it a couple of times. Yeah, but he's too. It, it needs. I need to. It needs to pop for me. And I and I and I watched the game again. And granted, I don't know if that was the fourth quarter he did it or later. <laughs> you know, I watched the first half and he was where he needed to be. I felt thought he good. got better as the game yes. went along. And so that's what I'm saying. There's certain things I think he can still do better, but I am I want you to hear what I'm saying yeah. that I thought he played better than I expected, and he did get better as things went on. He wasn't He wasn't the gold or the fish out there. He actually was in there delivering and, and being where he needed to be, and so I thought he did really well, and they, and they targeted him a couple of times. You know, they ran like a, a pick route against him, against uh, maybe Hardman. I can't remember who the back was. Number one, maybe. Played it really well, and I never felt like he Got out of out of sorts, um, and so for me, I just want him. I just know what he can do, so I'm gonna always be pushing yeah, for more. Like right. I'm his coach or I'm his yes. teammate in there. And I want, all. I want more. I want more. But it was a good first outing, I thought, for for Zaving overall. We
2: should we should save these clips of Zoe talking to zaven and the next time we have Zavin on the show, just play like yeah, twenty right. minutes of them for him. And yeah,
3: that right. wouldn't be good. I don't I don't know him personally. He, he <laughs> might not he might not take it well. I, I think he would. I <laughs> think <laughs> would. But he seems like somebody. <laughs> he is is he's there. a is guy that yeah. I, think he, wants I would love. Work with him and I be know. with him and hang out. You know, I would just cause I think he has so much just great potential just locked in there that is I think over time hopefully comes out well, good, it's, good. It's,
2: it's good to see the the improvement. That was probably the biggest silver lining uh, in, in week one for the Cardinals. When we come back, what do the Cardinals have to do to slow down Max Crosby and Chandler Jones this Sunday? The lowdown continues. Next it's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: 87 FM Arizona's
1: sports station 23 years in the National Football League and I can tell you this there is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander Guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's gonna outwork you every single play.
0: Fifteen year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, oh baby, what a hit by Lorenzo there. Alexander! Now,
2: Lorenzo Alexander is here as we. Turn our shift away from the Chiefs last week to the Las Vegas Raiders in Vegas. Uh, this week, and there's a few different storylines heading into this game, as you would imagine. The uh, the storyline, the crazy one from last year that now you're hoping carries over to this year is the simple fact that the Cardinals were so much better on the road last year than they were at home. Here's Cliff yesterday. I hope so.
1: I hope so. Um, I, I think our, our group does a great job of kind of locking in in the road, being around each other, team hotel, all those things. And um, So hopefully that we feel some confidence from the success we had and we can build off that.
2: So do you think there's anything to that? The numbers were no. so severe last year. No, nothing to it.
3: N- not not banking off of what happened last year. No, you got not carrying over this. You got to recreate it. You yeah. know, I, you know. I was fortunate enough to be around the league long enough, and obviously there's some trends. Great players are going to be great players for the most part. You don't get a Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden just falling off. But when you talk about collectively as a team, you have to build success year after year after year. Um, some coaches are set up, and some you know organizations are set up that have done that year in a year. Out, but knowing those coaches and knowing the people that run that organization they don't count on last year's success to transition over they build each year individually of themselves and so yes they did a great job last year right they did a great job last year in the first game after playing nobody in the preseason right True. stuff doesn't necessarily translate you have to recreate that every single year um, mentally will it help a little bit yes but you still got to go out there this season and, and create that same type of feel for the guys that weren't on the team to feel it right and for you to feel confident like, OK, we can play on the road and be successful.
4: So when you think of the Arizona Cardinals getting ready to travel to play the Las
3: Vegas Raiders, um, what is the
4: matchup you think
3: of first? Well, I mean, obviously everybody thinks about Chandler Jones because he was here, but I, 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 I'm going to skip over Chandler and go to Max Crosby. Max Crosby. <laughs> Can I go both? I, that's what I
4: did. I went both. Chandler you know, and you? Crosby. I,
3: I, I was fortunate enough to get meet Max a little bit uh, a couple of years ago. I think it was his rookie year, my last year out, hanging out with him. And the dude loves ball, is all about it. Student of the game. And he plays with his hair on fire because he wasn't like the, one of these premier guys. He had to come in and earn it, and he plays hard and you watch it. That's how a guy like that has 10 tackles. He didn't have any sacks, but he was close three or four times of being right up in there. but he's going to be impactful, running around um, and, and just being dominant and not, you know, the Chargers last week Chipped him and, and slid a tackle on the guard to him, right? Line, you know, chipping him with a tight end. They just did so much because of the impact that he has. Chandler, on the other side, it'll be it's going to be interesting to see if he turns it up a notch because he kind of he floated, I think, a little bit last week. You know, I'm doing my job, and then he picks his spots. It'll be interesting to see if Chandler decides, hey, I'm going I'm to turn it up every single play. Then I think he'll be more of a factor in this game. But going into it, I definitely would be looking more at Max Crosby and what he brings to the table versus what Chandler Jones did, at least last week on film. But you got to factor in the passion he's going to come back into the stadium or against the Cardinals with. How does a guy like
2: Crosby, fourth round
3: pick, yeah. how does a guy like that slide to the fourth round instantly come in? I don't know. How does a guy year? like Lorenzo Alexander go undrafted? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's The draft is a crapshoot in a lot of ways. There are guys that stand out, heads and shoulders above everybody. There's some late bloomers, like go to Richard Sherman, right? He's a Hall of Fame caliber candidate, he was a six-round pick, right? So there's just uh, so much things that go into becoming a great football player. There's no measurable for for character and the the intangibles that allow you to take your physical God-given gifts to the next level. And so I think people miss on that. Maybe a guy made a mistake. There's just so many factors. So um, I don't know. But obviously, he's made the best of it. He didn't allow his start to dictate who he's going to be as a football player. Now he's probably one of the top ten, you know, premier rushers in the league right now based on what he's able to do week in and week out.
4: You know what's amazing about Max Crosby specifically is the fact that he's got like three moves and they all are tied together. And That's- those three moves make him almost unblockable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the edge, get up the field, mm-hmm. get the edge. Then of course he's get up the field, come inside. Right. He's got the inside move, and then he's got the Euro spin, which is come up the field. Yeah go inside and then spin back, back out. out and it is lethal.
2: <laughs> Watch. Yeah. I mean, so yeah.
4: It is like it's almost unfair. You look at that and go how is a guy supposed to block that unless he's guessing and of course every offensive line coach in the history of mankind will tell you right now he does not want his offensive lineman guessing as to what's going to happen. That's not ideal. That's when you're yeah. in trouble.
3: Yeah and that's a top tier rusher for it. Most, most guys have that everything plays off of everything because once I beat you once was one of those three moves. I got you for the rest of the game. <laughs> Man, you, you, to to what point, you are guessing. Is this, is this, is this it? What he's going to spin? Nope, no. Nope, I'm staying right here. Power on you. Right? Is this well he's by. Oh, no. I'm going to spin on you. Oh, he goes inside. I got. Oh, he spun back out. So, guys like that, to, your, to, to the point, he's a student of the game. So, he understands yep. how he's going to set every guy yep. up over time. And Damn. so, it's fun to watch. And then, even on, on, on run plays, he'll give you one of those quick olays. The dude is strong and powerful and long. But he'll ole you real quick too, and then now you play and catch the rest of the game after he's had a couple of tackle for losses. So he's a guy that that offensive line is really going to have to step up. The backs have to are going to have to be on point because last week watching the Kansas City Chiefs game, Kyler was under a ton of pressure a lot of times, and and, and a lot of times the offensive line just break down. Just simple, uh, you know, three on three and, you know, the two defensive linemen and maybe one of the rushers coming off and the back and the guard and the, and the tackle fly to three on two and leave a free runner coming up. So, again, it's going to have to come back to communication, practice habits. We can't and, – and and I think this happens in practice. I, cause I've been on some some teams that weren't so good, and it's running to the ball or saying I would have made that play in, in the game, right? I don't know if you ever had that, Wolf, yeah, where God right. said I, I would have made that in the game. Uh, n- n- no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I,
4: I, I, I never <laughs> saw that. Right
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would
4: never say because yeah. I wasn't gonna be in there. Yeah, the game. but we
3: I've had guys say that and then you get in the game and they don't make the plays. Oh. So you have to be real uh strict um and have a high bar for yourself in practice and have to hold guys accountable, like, hey man, this practice is not good enough. This is not good enough. This is not gonna get us what we where we wanna be and so hopefully they noticed what they did week one, and this week's practice looked completely different from an energy standpoint and attention to detail standpoint as far as everybody be on the same page.
2: How many of those games did you have? Was it 2016 where you had 12 and a half sacks? where you knew yeah. early in the game like you just had that
1: guy?
3: Yeah, some games. Uh, probably like three or four. Yeah. I mean, because I had a couple of double-digit sacks in there, especially yeah. when I played uh, uh, my man Roger Safford when he was with the Rams. Yeah, I <laughs> hit him with a spin move early. It was over after that. Now he, just, he was waiting on the spin. Did you see? <laughs> <You see it. laughs>
2: That's where that audio's from. Is that,
4: right? <laughs> <laughs> so sway right there, man. Honestly, it it really is though. It's one of those deals where a great pass rusher, um, that is a guy that gets in your brain, man. It gets yeah, yeah. in your mind in a bad, bad way, and you know it too. And you can exploit guys, yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking of Clay Matthews. You remember Clay yeah, Matthews? Yeah, not, yeah, of Not course, no, of Clay course. Matthews Senior Oh, well, I know the Cleveland too. Browns. Okay, well, you got to okay. be I know
3: Clay Matthews okay. senior okay. too. I'm
4: talking about uh, Clay uh, Matthews uh, with uh, the Cleveland uh, uh, Browns. Right. He had two moves, man. Bull rush or bull rush in hands. Well, that's, that's, that's what he was going to do. That sounds
3: like Clay Matthews uh, Jr. Uh,
4: exactly uh, right. What right. <laughs> is
3: right. his dad had Kevin more. Green, right. he run through your face or him all lay you. Okay, exactly
4: right. His his dad, though, had more butt, way more than his son. Way more but that's why, I, one why more I, the son
3: needed a little
4: help. So that's all he had, and you had to guess. You <laughs> right, had to yeah, guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, he, it looked exactly yeah, the yeah. same. He did everything exactly the same, and you had to guess whether it was the bolt or whether it was the hands. And it, man, it, it puts you in a bad spot
2: a lot of the times because that's 50% chance you're wrong. Who's got to block Crosby on uh, on Sunday? Is that, is that beacham Does Beach have to is that probably He's on the left side
3: so it's the right tackle Yeah,
2: okay. Alright, so this is going to be Yeah, Yeah. what's your point? <laughs> I'm, just, I mean, I'm just glad I don't play off well, It's not going
3: to be one guy. I, yeah, I it's hope be, it's not one guy. It's be that whole side of the chip, field, right? Yeah. Chip, chip, chip you've got to use it You've got to pretension. do it And they got to be able to run the ball Yes. You have to be able to run, run the ball to make him guess a little bit. If you watch Man. And I and I meant to say this in the beginning of the show because I know you'd love this. I watched the Raiders and the Chargers did this. I, and, and and maybe another game I was watching. I haven't seen so much eye and far eye and near eye in a game. I was like, oh, man, I know Wolf is loving this right here. what <laughs> you run the tackle
4: zone, we'll run it yeah, right yeah. at him. Now get him to run. And that's it's what I would edge. do.
3: I would run right at yes. Crosby, make him run the point of the attack, and then yep. cut back on the backside. Cut back. Cut back. I would, But I wouldn't run away from him. Attack him. Make him play football the whole time and, and attack him and then cut off of him and make other guys have he to fit. He made
2: 10
4: tackles last week. Yeah, as yeah, a yeah. defensive
3: out. I know. What?
2: I know we're horribly late to break, but isn't uh, running at him what worked for the Cardinals against Aaron Donald the first game last year? The second two games, it obviously yes. didn't work very well, but didn't they essentially run at Aaron Donald? In the, uh, the first I don't know game?
4: how interested Aaron was in that
2: first okay. game. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Players are speaking out, so what's next in the Robert Sarver saga? It's the Wolf and Luke show. Lorenzo Alexander is here as well. 98.7 FM, Arizona
1: Sports Station. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. He's one of those guys. He's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15
0: year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo oh Alexander.
2: Lots of football today, but obviously the big story surrounding the Phoenix Suns and owner Robert Sarver and Adam Silver spoke yesterday during our show. We reacted to some of that. So I want to get your thoughts just on the situation in general. And then also I feel like everything got ramped up yesterday afternoon and evening To me, the moment LeBron James and Chris Paul weigh in, right, almost not regardless of what they say, but regardless of like how you know angrily they say it or whatever how how they say it, just the fact that those two players now are are you know letting people know that they're paying attention to this, I think takes it to a whole new level. Honestly,
3: yeah, I mean, obviously, um, those guys are um, stars. Um, uh, leaders in a lot of different ways, right, obviously uh, dealing with the Players Union and just in the community in, in general overall as far as um, trying to use their platform and leverage to make some change, especially when we t- in, in the realm of social justice. Um, you know, but, you know, in regard to Sarver and his, and his comments, it's, it's unfortunate Um you know, when they talk about context and the locker room talk, you know, I kind of texted you the other day and you listen yeah. to um, the commissioner kind of talk. It's kind of like that's what he's talking about. Like it, it, And and I think what we have to do as people, right, we have to learn how to grow, develop and change. At some point in time, right, what he probably was saying, and I don't know all the, the, the racist comments or some of the other things, was probably – okay right if you think about 20 years ago where we were at as a society uh some of the stuff was at least condoned. like okay we're going to put up with it right but we've we've evolved we've changed and you have to change as an individual as well um and to learn how to speak different be better um regardless of if you think it was hurting somebody else right and so it, it's always a hard hard spot to be in because again Ownership may talk to me differently than they do uh, the janitor or somebody low level, right? But if I see something as a player that I ha- I gotta I gotta be able to speak up, and sometimes that's hard to do as well. So I think the storm is is perfect for obviously Sarver to be able to 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 move in this space, right? Billionaire owner. People probably don't want to say too much. And then you allow to be in your ways for so long where you think it's okay because nobody ever speaks up or says anything to you. And so it always comes back to self-awareness and then also having people in your life that are going to challenge you to help you become a better person and, and keep you accountable. Um, and this is something that we're going to continue to see because, you know, people have operated certain ways for a long time and you have to step up and and speak to it. And I'm glad people were able to do that. And I also want to say this. Just because you own a team or you're the most paid person in a locker room or whatnot doesn't necessarily make you a leader. You may be in that role or position, but it doesn't make you a leader. Yeah. And so I'm not going to necessarily depend on uh, ownership or somebody, especially as I I've grown and become comfortable with who I am. I'm going to speak out. Hey, this is not right. And I've done that with some of my owners that I've been with later in my career. And so you have to be able to do that Um, when you see something that's not right. Be able to speak up and say something and be okay with whatever the consequences may be. But a guy like CP3 doing that, and I don't know what he's done. I'm just saying he's going to be safe. And so when you have the platform to speak up and hold people accountable, I want to challenge people out there to do it and not just go with status quo. Um, use your leverage and, not, and be a part of the solution. and just don't be jumping on somebody once it kind of hits the fan.
4: So what did you think of the punishment overall that was handed down by the league? Uh,
3: I mean, is it ever enough when you've done something for 20 years and, and marginalized people and made them feel a certain type of way? And, and uh, you know, whether it's racial, misogynistic, what, what, whatever it was, I mean, I don't think it Is ever a number you can put on something like that, Uh, especially when we think about, I mean, it has to be a a lot more than 10 million when you're talking about billionaire money. Right. Um, And I think that's where you have to they need to start thinking about. Do we need to change some of these rules as ownership to make the the the, the, the um, punishment more punitive to where I'm not going to even do it? Or I'm going to change significantly right now as far as who I am? Because a lot of these things, like the $10 million fine, I know the commissioner said that was the max they could do. That probably was set up when the league first started, right? He's probably going to make more than $10 million yeah, yeah, off the team this year. Yeah, the, that's when the league first started with the, that which way it was punitive then so they need to first of all change some of that right and then they need to make it more it needs to be more streamlined as far as what are the rules as far as removing people that and because that's when that's what people really want to happen right listen remove him like they did Donald Sterling and so what does that process look like but i think first needs to start with making it cuz most owners operate or respond to money first. That's just how they are. And so you need to make it to where if you create this type of culture, you, you're you definitely going to hate this punishment and you're going to feel this pain that you've placed on other people by the type of environment you've created in the workplace. And I think that's where they need to start first. And then you kind of gravitate. If it's like egregious stuff, then you you start talking about, hey, I'm going to remove dudes from, from their companies and, and, and transition and whatever that looks like. It, it almost felt like
2: especially listening to Adam Silver talk yesterday it almost felt like the NBA was like okay this is all we feel like we can do but we're right. going to get the ball rolling and see if players take it
3: and that's right. a lot to put on players. It is and then it's, it's also you asking you also putting it on one because ownership the group as all well, I mean 30 is it 30 owners you know 29 I don't know how how that if one team is owned publicly like the Green Bay Packers but all 30 guys <laughs> you're asking they need to figure out how to, how to how, and, and I know the commissioner works for him right, and then you have other owners, other billionaire owners that may feel like it's wrong, but they know they got some dirt on them. Yeah. So I'm not gonna hold him accountable. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna be too crazy unless he does something egregious like the Sterling thing, yeah. where it came out right. Right. So they need to figure out a different process of how to create accountability in upper management, especially when you, as the NBA, that's what you say you stand for, right? All this social change. We want to be progressive. We want to be the leaders in this way. Then you need to figure out ways to keep ownership exec. And obviously on the way down, um, accountable to that culture and, and mindset that you that you say that you are all for.
4: You know, it was it was really interesting because Adam Silver, as you all know, is a very very bright guy, very intelligent. Yeah, to see him right. struggle <laughs> yeah. he was struggling. Wolf was, and I just looked at each other. It was point. like, what did he just say? It, was, it? was like very, thing. Yeah, very uncomfortable right there. Um, he did cite three things. I thought in regard to Sarber. he said he has evolved as a person. Okay, I thought that. That was interesting right there. Uh, many of the offenses, he said, it occurred early in his tenure as an owner. That was interesting. And then he said the league had firsthand evidence in the Donald Sterling account, and that's the reason why they took it easy on him, so to speak. He gave those reasons as to why right. he did that. I, I was really surprised that um, he went into that kind of detail, number one. And number two, it
2: explains probably why he was tripping all over the place yeah. as he was and doing that was that. that was strange to see him sort of bend himself into a pretzel, trying to de- not defend him, Well, well but defend yeah, I mean, decision. he's a
3: commissioner. He works. I mean, that's his boss in some ways, right? Yeah. And so you, ha- it's a hard line. It's a hard position to be in, especially when you know what's right and what should be done and where we should be going with this. But you're kind of confined in this box as... As to what the commissioner limits of power are right and you know because most people will say that the commissioner's a great dude and understands he's one of the people that kind of leads that progressive movement and what he stands for but also you work for these these dudes too yeah. so it's always just it's a it's always a hard situation and you can't always give it just do the way it should be because you're kind of confined uh, week two of Bix Picks kicks off tonight. Text
2: pick to 620 620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75 inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. And weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620 620 to enter. When we come back, a Hall of Fame quarterback thought Kyler Murray looked a little uncomfortable in week one. When does Kyler Murray get to look comfortable again? The lowdown continues. Next, it's the Wolf and Luke show on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station.
0: 7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
1: Twenty-three years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this: there is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar of pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play.
0: 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Brought to you by your Valley Chevy dealers. See your Valley Chevy dealers for the ultimate lineup. Oh, baby, what a hit by Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenzo
2: Alexander is here. Now we know that clip is from that Rams game in 2016. You just love that. You
3: all <laughs> yeah. see it. I had three sacks that game. Should have had four. But, hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just living in the memories. Okay, yes.
4: But who were you bringing down that day? Who was
1: it the uh, team? Yeah. That wasn't golf yet, right? No, yeah, it was before no.
3: golf. It was right before golf, and you gonna okay. ask me a question? Like, it didn't even matter who it was. I was bringing him down. I actually caused the interception on the last play of the game. I should have. I wish I could have got. I four. thought you'd have your their jerseys no. actually hanging in. There. I, have to, I do have the picture of the. La- it wasn't a sack. You wouldn't know it, but it, that is in the gym hanging up to kind of commemorate There it you go. It, it is up. up. Yes. It is up. That was the one that got Jared Goff drafted. I mounted on game the wall. Yeah. Right yeah.
2: <laughs> All of a sudden, the Rams are like, "We got to go number one." And pick quarterback um Kyler Murray speaking of number 1 pick quarterbacks this is Kurt Warner's assessment of Kyler's game on Sunday this is from the NFL Network
0: You got to remember a lot of these guys didn't play in the preseason so when I was watching Kyler it looked like he was very uncomfortable in the pocket that he hadn't been hit he hadn't been around that many bodies in you know a game type environment and he was uncomfortable I want to see him settle in this week to and be able to go back to just playing that MVP type football that we've seen in the past
2: all right, so, so we've had the preseason discussion a lot. Setting that aside for right. just a second, yeah, yeah. Kurt saying that Kyler Murray looked uncomfortable on Sunday, obviously it was true. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the last time Kyler Murray has gotten to look comfortable. Because, like, the game against the Rams in the playoffs right. last year, he looked even more uncomfortable. Right, <laughs> so right. So is this something they can fix? Or what's, you know, I guess you start he, on the offensive line. Yeah,
3: you, ha- you have to start on the offensive line. I mean, that's that's why a quarterback becomes uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, I mean, because, I mean, you know, it, you know, kind of prepping, you know, Aaron sent me the the, the show. We're going to talk about what, what Kurt said about Kyler Murray being uncomfortable. I said, okay, let me go look at the first half. And then I look, I mean— you know Rodney Hudson gives up pressure one of the fir- first and wow. second play right first. then then right after that he gets sacked right and then it's that's when it's, when they, uh, it was like scat protection they they released everybody one of the corners came right they had two corners on the same side so this goes back to and the film study part if I see two corners on the same side over Zach Hurts somebody's coming, right? And if I don't have anybody that's going to block him, i got to know i got to get the ball out. He got hit, right? Boom, I'm hit. Then the next play, I think uh, Rodney, I know he had uh, a bad snap. They fumble, right? And then after every play, then I, the play I talked about earlier where they ran like a game, three were blocking two, and they let a free runner come up. Mm. So there was like play after play after play, just like of breakdowns and mistakes that could never really allow Kyler to, to be comfortable where they could create some type of consistency offensively. Now, he's good enough to where he has some great shots down the field and found guys in the pressure, you know, kind of his drop back and finding guys down the field. He's good enough for that, but for them to be operating on the high level that they need to with the makeup of this team, when we think about defensively, they can't be having three and outs or yeah. five and outs. They got to have sustained drives, 10 plays, let me get a field goal, let me get a touchdown, right, let me get allow my defense to catch their wind and they never were able to really create a great rhythm and then once the score score got a hand they couldn't even really run the ball anymore so i think both of those things uh really made it you know appear that kyler was uncomfortable because of just how the game flow um the game evolved over over the course of the of the four quarters especially that first half
4: yeah you know that first half especially because they were coming after him from time mm-hmm. to time right and not only that they had those breakdowns You're- some guys just got beat too, and then yeah, listen, yeah. I, uh, yeah. it all—it happens to everybody. Right, yeah, you just get beat out there. But of the 17 pass attempts he had in the first half, 10 of them were pressures ton of them were yeah. pressure and I, and, on him. Right, and yeah. And you could see the effect yeah. it had on <laughs> yeah,
3: him. Yeah, yeah. And someone was good game plan. I think they had, they were sitting in a the corner. They, another guy came free, but he ended up getting the ball out, but nobody blocked him. I think they had a little bit of a game plan when they were sending corners to like the nub tight end side. If he stayed in, he was going to come. And and they, they, had, they just had a really good game plan that they weren't ever really able to adjust. And I think because the game got so out of hand, when they went into halftime, you saw a second half they moved the ball a little bit better, but it was so far out of hand, they couldn't recover, so I think this week we're going to see a little bit more uh, resolve from the offense and more consistency now that they have a game under their belt and really be able to keep this game within hand, and and obviously the Raiders' offense is not as explosive. It can be, but it's not as explosive as Pat Mahomes, Andy Reid, Kelsey, and everything that that, that brings and the issues that brings from a defensive side of the ball.
4: And they're having some
3: problems with that offensive
4: line in Vegas.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think they're going to run the ball. So, again, again, right? Because yep. Jacobs had – he only had, he had 10 carries for 57 yards. He had 5.7. I think they averaged 4.9 collectively. But they didn't really run it a lot yeah. in the game. So, I know they're going to have a high dose of that to get them going. And so, this defense needs to step up. I know we're talking about the defense now. Needs to step up in, in, in that regard.
4: Hey, he's 5'10", 220. Josh
2: <laughs> Jacobs. just that's that's really a wolf
3: running <laughs> back right
4: there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stout, man. Right, he right. Is,
3: he's one of those that's guys – That's a runaway dumpster right there. Yeah. <laughs> <That,
2: laughs> That I feel like kind of gets like overlooked, and then right. you watch him play, and you're like, "This guy's yeah, he's good." To and
3: and I and I want to see James kind of get the ball more often early, and, and let them create some consistency yeah. and have some third and shorts, and yes. and not have to worry about the pressure. And I think with offensive line play, if I'm able to come off the ball a couple of times and jack a dude up and getting his head a little bit from a physical standpoint, that definitely helps you in pass pro because then he's okay. Is it run? Okay, it's not. Now I'm set. I've already dominated you. So just. From the mental standpoint, my set's gonna be better. I'm gonna have more confidence, and so when I'm going against some of these premier rushers, half of it's just m- mentality. Some guys are beat like Von Miller, right? I'm like watching this tackle. I'm like, you already beat. <laughs> you beat just like we was talking about earlier. After you get beat once, it's yeah. over for the rest yep. of the game. So let me set that tempo. And the easiest way to do that is let me run at you, jack you up, drive you a little bit, fall on you, talk a little trash, right? And now <laughs> I have the confidence, and so they have to. I think running the ball, getting back to. The that I think will be significant and, and obviously keeping the score close allows you to run the ball more frequently
2: who in these matchups I mean everybody's saying DJ Humphreys against Chandler Jones it's not going to be that straightforward but just in general Chandler Jones against his former team does that tend to favor the offense or the defensive player when there's that much familiarity
3: uh I mean it can go either way depending on you know just the scheme you yeah. know I would you know maybe even run that channel a little bit make him play it a little bit yeah. more over there you know uh but it, it, when it comes to pass pro he knows Humphrey's weaknesses I mean so I think that favors him but from a schematic standpoint I think it favors the offense as far as some of the things that you know he has a tendency of doing like like again running some of that zone stuff towards towards Max and then cutting it back right is challenge gonna come or is he coasting is he playing for the sack because he wants some big sack numbers right (laughs) so doing some of the things that you know he has a tendency to do as a as a pass rusher defensive player and using that against him especially in the run game I think would really be beneficial.
4: Yeah, I cannot wait for that right there because Chan is a guy that likes to duck underneath from time to time as well. Yeah. Make a play and he's, he does it. He's yeah, done he it very, last week, well. yeah, he did it last week a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So it's, it's there, and it, but that gives you the e- easy edge. If you know he does that, st- take a little smaller first step and then just wash him down and then you have an easy edge. So you got to be aware of that as an offensive player, too.
2: So it's always great having you in here, man. We appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, great. So. Love you guys. That's Lorenzo Alexander joining us there for the lowdown as he does every Thursday during football season season. Coming up next, we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.